Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. We're going to be talking about conventional soybean herbicides. And before you say, well, hold on, I'm not raising conventional beans. These are all those helper products they can add if you're using Enlist soybeans or ExtendFlex soybeans or one of the traits. So soybean herbicides that can be sprayed on either conventional or traded soybeans Pretty valuable tools. We're going to talk about those today. We're also taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Or you can always email us, radio at agphd.com. So we're going to talk weed control in soybeans in general today, but also give a specific focus to conventional beans. And either way, whether you're using traits or not, the pre-emerge herbicide program in soybeans is just absolutely critical. And I understand for for many farmers, that's not their favorite thing to do is put out pre's. I understand. I understand that. But uh, here's one of the things. I remember when Roundup Ready Beans came out in the 1990s, and everybody was used to using pre-emerge herbicides. And I remember the promise was, hey, if you're using two shots of Roundup here, you can forget about that pre. And it's honestly why we ended up with weed resistance issues as quickly as we did. We just ran into some trouble, especially with pigweed early on. Don't don't fall into that trap. The pre's are so critical, and I don't care. There's new traits coming out where you're going to be able to spray HPPDs in soybeans. You're going to be able to spray dicamba N24D uh, in the same crop. It'll be a stack trait uh, and more and more, and that's fun. But the pre's are still going to be really important. If you want to get the maximum yield, that's that's critical. And we say it about pigweed all the time, but there's other weeds too. The best way to control them is to never have to see them. Use the pre, stop them before they even emerge. Then it's just it's so much better. So let's talk about those three pre's that we often talk about. Using one of the yellows, either trifluralin or prowl. The trifluralin has to be incorporated. The prowl may or may not need to be incorporated. If you're going to use it and spray it early, you can get by without incorporation. If you're doing it in certain geographies, especially south of I-80, you can put it on later and lay it on top. That's fine. But you've got to get it out there before the beans are up for sure, and you've got to get some rain on it to activate it. So just read the label, follow the label, uh, but also use those precautions. You need some moisture to get any of these pre's to really work. So use one of the yellows, trifluralin or prowl. Use some metribuzin. And this one has really come back in the last 10 years here where a lot of growers back in the 1990s, this was the trick to getting great weed control in addition to using a trifluralin or a prowl. Add some metribuzin in there, and oh my goodness, that made a big difference. Guess what? It still does. It's been great on the small-seeded broadleaves, even providing a little bit of help on the large-seeded broadleaves too. And then the final piece, the PPOs, are really the newest class of chemistry in this group. But they've been out for a long time now. Products like Authority or Valor and a combination containing one of those two products. That has really helped us in terms of pigweed control, but other broadleaves as well. And when we look at Authority or Valor, they can be incorporated lightly, but they don't have to be. So you could use the three pre's in no-till. You could use the three pre's and do some tillage to, to work them in. Just don't get them too deep. 
and and you'll do a nice job. Brian has been talking a little bit this fall with the lower price of Pursuit Herbicide about adding that in as a fourth pre and especially getting a lot of help on nightshade and wild buckwheat, but there are other weeds that Pursuit's been really good on. Here's the thing, though. If you're in conventional soybeans, I want to save that Pursuit and use it post-emerge. I just love what it can do knocking down just a huge number of different weed species. I would prefer to save it post. You can only use that once per year. So for me, if I'm in conventional beans, I'm saving it. Now, if you say, well, I'm not, I'm in ExtendFlex or I'm in Enlist Soybeans, I'm going to use the Dicamba, 240, Liberty, all those products post-emerge, then I would consider using some Pursuit pre-emerge. I would use the half rate, likely, and just get a little boost out of that. It only costs a couple of bucks, and that's been really nice. Like I say, pre-emerge on nightshade, wild buckwheat, and you'll be surprised how many weeds it kills on your farm. It really does work pretty well. So something to consider adding into that pre-program in the traded soybeans on the conventionals. I'll save it for post. Let's talk post-emerge. I look at the most broad-spectrum products as kind of the base, and I would put two products in that category. You might put a third one in. I'd put Pursuit or Raptor in there first, by far the best. Uh, But the problem is they're ALS products, so they don't kill ALS-resistant weeds like pigweed or kochia. So you got to mix something else with them. Uh, the other big broad-spectrum product is First Rate, also an ALS product. It's better on cockleburr and sunflower, but it's not quite as broad-spectrum as Pursuit. So you can certainly go with First Rate in there, and here's another one to watch out for. If you're picking one of those combination pre's, make sure it doesn't also have the active ingredient for First Rate in it because you don't want to double up on that. Uh, then adding to that, the the third one that I'd say is kind of broad spectrum. Brian's not here to uh, jump all over me for this, so I'll just say it, Bassagran. Uh, that was still kind of one of those base products that we were using back in the 90s, often in concert with Pursuit. We'd use maybe three-quarters of a rate of Pursuit, throw in three-quarters to a full rate of Bassagran, and that was a pretty nice one-two punch. That also picked up Venus Mallow. That did a nice job even burning back Canada thistle. And that was that was kind of a nice program. And then, of course, you had other post-emerge PPOs like Cobra and Flexstar that you could throw in there. You could use something like what used to be called Pinnacle. Uh, then it was Harmony uh, or many generic versions. Fantastic on Lamb's Quarters. Just a lot of little products in there. And, of course, you've got all the volunteer corn herbicides to wipe those products out, too. So lots of things to talk about here. And then, oh yeah, if you got perennials or biennials, probably need a burn down with Roundup to knock those out. We'll talk more about weed control in conventional and other soybeans on today's program. Stay tuned. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Improve germination in your fields with the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. Our unique spike design seals your seed within a firm vein of soil, providing maximum seed-to-soil contact and maximum germination. Order a set for your planter at farmshopmfg.com. 
Because the challenges you face are getting bigger every year. BASF is committed to helping with more than boots on the ground. We're committed to boots in the mud, boots on the steps of your truck, your tractor, your combine, the linoleum tiles of your coffee shop, the concrete of your co-op, the gravel in your shed. So we can listen, learn firsthand, help right now to ensure success. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth. Get the most from every acre on your farm by attending Ag PhD's workshops and clinics this winter. Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. My brother Brian and I are hosting several free workshops throughout January and February, including agronomy workshops in corn and soybeans, a soils clinic, and a whole day devoted to natural and biological products. We have a lot of great information and we can't wait to share it with you. Best of all, these events are free, so be sure to check them out. Register today at agphd.com. The greatest herbicide of all time earned its title by defending your soybean fields. Authority Supreme Herbicide's low-use rate formula delivers longer-lasting control of broadleaf weeds and grasses, providing you with the best-in-class combination of Group 14 PPO herbicide sulfentrazone and Class 15 molecule pyroxysulfone that outlasts the competition. We're Authority Supreme Herbicide from FMC, and we play to win. Learn more at authoritysupreme.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, talking herbicides for conventional soybeans that will also work in any traded soybeans too and really boost your program. You're going to hear some familiar names here. You're going to hear, oh yeah, I use that product and I don't even have conventional soybeans, but it's been adding to my program. I got a lot to talk about here. We uh, we definitely want to focus on pre-emerge herbicides, but man, there's a lot of things that we're going to need to do post-emerge because if you have weeds pop up later and you're doing conventional soybeans, it makes everybody nervous. And, and we were certainly some of those farmers last year. We had conventional soybeans that the rows didn't close. We didn't get crop canopy, which we always say it on the show. Yeah, you hear us talk about herbicides. And herbicides are either pre-plant or, or pre-emerge type products, so prevention or when you come back post-emerge, it's rescue. And we don't want to be in a rescue situation any more than we have to. We really want the canopy of the crop to choke out the weeds. So we'll talk about that a little bit as the show goes on. But let's jump over. we got Chad Smith right now with Valent to talk a little about some herbicides. Chad, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, doing? Doing well. Doing well. Okay, talking conventional soybeans, it's a safe time to do that now in the November-December time frame. We don't have... Uh, a ton of weeds out there and, and certainly not a, a weed escape issue going on. So we want to look at it from the front side here. You know, you got some great pre's. Everybody talks about the pre-emerge programs that the Valent has. I do want to start with the post, though, because I think you've got some underutilized products in, in many rotations that I just wanted to bring back up. Resource is one that I, I hear a lot of guys talking about, uh, oh, what can I do for this? What can I do for that? And I, I just think back to the 1990s, how much resource we were using for velvet leaf and for other products, or I'm sorry, for other weeds, it's a really nice product and safe for corn and soybeans. Yeah, you know, we, we haven't we haven't quite seen as much of that, you know, since the traded systems have really kind of branched out. And, um, you know, it's it's such a good, 
it's such just a just generally just such a good chemistry, especially if you're fighting those lamb's quarter and, and velvet leaf and um, you know even ragweed and and things like that, small pig weeds. It's just really it it really seems to to step up, especially if you're uh, if you're uh, mixing it with other products. You know, in a traded system, it works out really well. But even in a conventional system, I mean, it, uh, it it's just a standalone. It it does really well. It you know um, you know Cobra is another one we've got that we use a lot of and. And again, you know, that was something that we used to see a lot of it, you know, 20, 25 years ago. And, and we've slowly gotten away with, uh, from it as as traded systems have kind of taken over. And, um, you know, to be honest, I'd kind of like to see a little bit more of it going out. It just it's it's a great product. It's good to clean up some of those uh, small water hemp, uh, you know, even some of the small common rag and, and giant ragweed and things like that. And so. Um, you know, there are options out there. We're you know, doing uh, conventional soybeans for post-emergence. Um, you know, your broadleafs are always a little less. Um, you don't quite have as many choices in your broadleaf weed control. But, um, you know, when it comes to grasses, you know, you can always, you know, pick a pick a pretty good germinicide that should take out most of your grasses in your soybean. Something like Select Max or something like that where you have to clean up some volunteer corn. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Like, a, to be honest, you know, if, it, it, you know, all of, all of the post products are great, but you know the less pressure you can put on a post product, the better. And that's kind of why I'm, I'm like you. You know, you, I always want to talk pre's when it comes to um, pre-emergent soybean herbicides. And you're doing any whether it's pre uh, in a conventional, pre in a traded system, um, just because it's it's such a just a strong foundation. And uh, you know, I you know talking in the fall here, you know, uh, to be honest, you know, I think some of the weed control even backs up into the fall. Um, you know, if you're doing a conventional system or planning on doing conventional next year, um, you know, and you're going to come in with maybe you're going to do no-till, that's a situation where you might want to use something like Valor, you know, a high rate, about a three to four ounce rate of Valor in the fall. And that takes out all that mare's tail. And that makes a lot of those post decisions later on down the road a lot easier. Absolutely. The fall weed control options, which can still be done. You can still put fall residuals out there. I I get it. If you're in the north, you're like, well, a lot of my weeds have frozen off here. I'm not worried about weeds that are up. Well, yeah, but you got winter annuals out there and they're just getting started. And putting something out like Valor, like you say, at four ounces or doing some fierce and spiking some more Valor in there to get that Valor rate up to four ounces. Wow. Those products are amazing in the fall. And we're seeing growers who have done Done some of those treatments, uh, just doing more and more of those. Uh, the other thing with fall treatments, you can deal with perennials, biennials, winter annuals. I mean, all those tough, tough weeds in the spring that are about impossible to get, you can knock them out completely in the fall. And if you split a couple of fields where you've got some weed pressure and do this, you're going to wish that you wouldn't have left a check strip because they're going to look so good where you do those fall treatments. I, I like those programs. Yeah, I, I really do too. I, I think it's probably a, a, an underutilized um, pattern, and I think it's probably should be utilized more. And um, you know, I'm starting to see more and more people. You know, they put the the producers and, and the farmers will put the pencil to the paper, and you realize when you can get that fall weed control with with Valor, and you get it out there. And, and you know, I was actually meeting this week, and, and somebody said, "Well, what's the latest you want to spray?" I said, "Just don't spray it on snow." I said, "If you can get it out and." and uh, get it out before that, you'll be fine. And I said it'll help some of that early spring uh, weed emergence that, that you've got to deal with. And if you can eliminate that, that makes those burn down applications way easier coming into the spring. And all, and you know, it just, it takes all the pressure off some of those spring products. 
you know. Um, well, I shouldn't say all the pressure, but it'll it'll, it'll take a lot of the pressure off of it and make it uh, make it a little bit easier for your burn down as well. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, uh, now the timing is not so critical in the spring, and and this is the big thing I think too with conventional herbicides. Uh, but we're seeing it on the traits too. Timing is really critical, and we saw where we saw failures with dicamba and 2,4-D in the traded crops last year, and even Liberty is when the weed height just got excessive. And with conventional products, I, I think back again to to meetings that I used to go to with my dad back in the 1980s, and there'd be a pop can sitting on the table in the front, and there'd be a chemical rep talking about if they're bigger than this, we really don't have a chance. So you got to get out there early. And so I remember my dad even would look at the calendar and be like, all right, I planted the soybeans here. I'm coming back in three to four weeks with my post shot, or I'm not going to have a chance to kill the weeds. If we go back to some of those things, Instead of saying, well, I might make it six weeks before I go back out. Good luck with that. You're going to have some great big weeds. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I see a lot of times, you know, people have kind of forgotten what it what it's like. You know, they're used to controlling those bigger weeds with, um, you know, whether it's, you know, dicamba or Roundup, you know, was doing 20 years ago when the when Roundup Ready came out and things like that. Everybody was kind of went a little bit later. Oh, we have a little bit more time, you know, things like that. But uh, to be honest, if you're going to be in a conventional uh, type situation, you can't be that way. You can't really be sloppy with your timing. You have to be accurate and you have to be precise. And, um, you know, you really got to you, you got to know what you're doing. I, I, an, another thing I always like to say, I said, know your resistant weeds. I, you know, if you've got a resistant weed species out there, you know, know what it's resistant to. Know, know options and ways to control it because if you don't have that, you're you're already just starting off on the wrong foot like that. Hey, one thing, Chad, that I think we are doing better than guys were doing back in the 1990s is the use of post-emerge residual herbicides. It is really added to the weed control. What have you seen out of those post-emerge residuals? Oh, yeah. We've, um, you know, that's something that I'm, I'm really, as, as a kind of as I term it, a classically trained weed scientist, I, I like to see a lot of those post-emergent residual type products. And I think a lot of folks have really seen the value and the use of overlapping something like uh, Perpetuo, where you can come in, it's got that resource component to kind of take out a lot of those velvet leaf and things like that that you've got up. And then you've got the pyroxysulfone portion that will help control those small seeded broad leaves and those grasses later on in the season. Um, you know, honestly, you know, it's it's something that, that I see a lot of, but I don't see it, I still don't see enough of it. I, I, I love to see those overlapping residuals like when you incorporate you know, if you're taking a, you know, fierce MTZ down at Paris, come back at that, you know, mid post level and, and hit it with that perpetuo. So you've got that, um, you know, that, you know, we control until canopy closure, as you, as you were saying, you know, if you can get to that canopy closure, you know, it makes it so much easier and you don't have to worry about fighting any of those weeds that are creeping up in the middle of things. Absolutely. And you maximize yield. And that's really the big thing. If you're maximizing your yield and profit and keeping weeds from becoming resistant and taking over your field, uh, you just can't go wrong with that. Been talking here with Chad Smith with Valent. Chad, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. 
Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Take your tillage to the next level with the Insight Universal Tillage Tool from McFarland Ag. With more adjustability and flexibility, the Insight is the ultimate one-pass tillage tool. Visit McFarlandAg.com to find your closest dealer. Join us in Houston for the 2024 Commodity Classic, New Frontiers in Agriculture. We'll close out the show on Saturday at the Houston Rodeo, the world's largest rodeo and livestock exhibition. Join us February 28th through March 2nd. Learn more at CommodityClassic.com. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. My mom's got a new case IH tractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car, steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out caseih.com. If you understood everything on a soil test and could make your own fertility plans, do you think you could cut your farm's fertility expenses, maybe even increase your yields? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. We want to empower you to make your own fertility decisions. That's why we're holding our Ag PhD Soils Clinic on Tuesday, January 16th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. This could be the single most important day you spend in your farming career, and it's free. So register now at agphd.com. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking about soybean herbicides with a focus on conventional. And when you think about that, it doesn't mean, oh no, it can only be using conventional beans. It just means these are the products that can be used on any soybeans, uh, regardless of trait. So uh, we're, we're focusing on some of the pre-emerge herbicides, some of the post options that you've got, and just some strategies to get the best weed control and the most yield. Got Matt Geiger with us right now. Yeah, he works down in southern Illinois with Syngenta. How you doing, Matt? Good. How about yourself? Good to be back. I think I was here on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're just just uh, pretty busy this time of year, doing a lot of planning. And right now, we're thinking about conventional soybean herbicides, and and obviously they can be used in Extend Flex or Enlist as well, and often are because hey, Dicamba and 2,4-D Liberty Roundup, nice products. But they're not perfect. They all have some holes. They can all use a little bit of help. So just trying to round up, round out the weed control program here. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, Matt. So when you start with this, if if you you have a farmer come to you and say, okay, I've got conventional soybeans, where do you see the biggest challenges there, and and where do you start in building the program? Yeah, so good question. So when I start having a conversation about non-GMO soybeans, um, I really want to make sure that it's part clean because um, a lot of folks, at least down in Southern Illinois, are big on these GT tools. And I don't feel that those do a very great job at taking out emerged amaranth species. So I tend to like folks to either start early enough with the water hemp or pumper is not up yet, or if there is some, maybe hit it with some paraquat or, or moxone, which is a product uh, to kill the emerged water before you start. So you truly start clean. And then what we make sure you want to do is I like a pre-emergence application, so plant and then spray to make sure that, say you have some row cleaners on your planter, make sure you don't throw any of your pre out of the way. That's why I like to wait till afterwards. And ideally, I like to do this early. Um, April planted beans are the highest yielding, and it seems like the last couple of years we've had more of a chance of getting the pre's activated in April as well, so try to target an April planted as well. We just want to make sure that you're using full rates of the herbicide that you choose. And the herbicide the Syngenicanth I really like for non-GMO soybeans is going to be our product called Tendo. So what that product has in there is dual magnum. It also has first straight and it also has metribuzin in there. And the reason that we went with that combination of active ingredients is we like the metribuzin because we, there's no known resistance um, in amaranth species to metribuzin yet. So that's a really good aspect. We have a full rate of dual magnum herbicide in that. So that's your group 15. It's going to grasses. Um, so it's going to last you longer than the old traditional pint rate that people used to run of dual. We also like the first rate component because it's very safe on the soybeans. doesn't tend to have carryover problems that some other ALS chemistries might have. And it's very good broad spectrum on large seeded broadleaf. So in Southern Illinois, we've got a lot of cocklebur and morning glory, so it's very good on those species. Um, but at the end of the day, non-GMO soybeans, the enemy is amaranth, right? And yeah. so the reason that we like metribuzin and dual together in this mixture is because you've got differing solubility. So let's just say you only get two or three tenths of rainfall, you'll get activation of the metribuzin uh, to initially get activated on amaranth. So you're kind of bulletproofing your pre, if you will. Uh, yeah. so that's where I like to start. Yeah. The other thing that you mentioned there too, that's not a herbicide and doesn't cost any more money is plant early. And I like that, Matt, because if we plant early, if we can get to crop canopy sooner, oh, I can breathe a huge sigh of relief when I choke those weeds out with crop canopy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and then for some reason, I don't know why, but a lot of the non-GMO customers that I work with are on 30-inch rows, and I really wish uh, they could change their ways. You know, 15s or even narrow would be excellent for non-GMO. On a year like this where it was really dry, um, in southern Illinois, 30-inch rows never got to canopy. Yeah, we had the same issue last year. The wide rows out where we farmed did not close or didn't close soon enough, and that was a problem. The other thing we're talking about too, Matt, in addition to narrowing up those rows if you can, is increasing your planting population, getting a little bit thicker canopy out there. And I realize you're taking a little bit of risk for white mold and some of the diseases that way, but getting a little thicker canopy allows less sunlight to get through it. And that really made a difference in terms of weed control last year too. Hey Matt, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This is great advice and, and a great starting point on a lot of fronts here to continue this discussion. You're quite welcome. Any other questions for you guys? 
No, no, no more questions for me, but I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Got Todd Cogdale on with us right now. Works down in Iowa with FMC. How you doing, Todd? Doing great, Darren. How are you today? Well, good. I, I just loved it here. We just had somebody who represents a, a variety of herbicides, and he's talking. we're talking about planting population, we're talking about row spacing, we're talking about crop canopy. Man, we have to keep all the options on the table, and those are things that uh, in a lot of cases don't cost a lot of money, maybe none, uh, just making some changes. that That's all good. But one thing that I think Matt left out is what about a PPO like Authority <laughs> to give us some more help on those pigweeds? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, talking, you know, conventional non-GMO soybeans or, or, you know, traded soybeans, you know, product like Authority Supreme is going to be a, an excellent fit uh, for those for those growers. You've got, you know, the the sulfentrazone in there. You got pyroxysulfone. Those those two are, are the longest lasting uh, residuals in the group 14 and group 15s. Uh, e- excellent products for for not just pigweed control, but broad spectrum of uh, of weeds that we'd have here, you know, across the soybean growing region. If we're looking for uh, somebody, you know, again, when we're talking non-GMO soybeans, really needing as much of everything they can get out the gate, you know, start starting clean and staying clean, you know, can also consider adding in, you know, some metribuzin as well. You get, when you put those three active ingredients together, you have, you know, three of the most consistent uh, control products for uh, for pigweed control. Uh, Iowa State did a basically a meta-analysis of five years' worth of data uh, that of every single one of those trials that they did, and, and those three active ingredients were the three most consistent. And so great opportunity to, to start their season uh, clean and, and get them to that point where, hey, we can still – be spraying our post residual on black dirt, which is the best way to go. The best weed to control is the one that you don't see. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think, uh, I would say almost all of our listeners that are in the soybean production business here, know, know your pre-emerge herbicides fairly well. Your post residual herbicide is one though, that's gaining a lot of steam. Talk about what you're doing post emerge residual and how do you time that thing? Right. You said, if we could spray it on black dirt, that'd be amazing. Do you have a time window that you say, boy, I want to be out there three weeks after I get my soybeans planted or four weeks or what, what kind of window are you shooting for? Yeah. Traditionally in, in the, that 21 to 28 days and, and you know, the producer is going to know best on their field. If, if they're, you know, say it's a, a recently acquired farm and, and they have a little bit more weed pressure than they're, than they're used to, let's try and get on the front end of that. Uh, if they have a good, strong residual program out pre, uh, you know, maybe we have a little more flexibility there, but you know, like you said, the product we'd be talking about would be Anthem Max. Uh, you have pyroxysulfone in there, but you also have that cadet portion. So uh, if we have some some escapes, uh, obviously that cadet portion is going to help out on, you know, velvet leaf, you know, up to large velvet leaf, in fact. And then, you know, some smaller lambs quarter and, you know, some smaller uh, pigweeds as well. Uh, great, great uh, long-lasting residual there to get get a guy to canopy. Yeah, and there's a lot of different products you can mix with that, too. I think that's another big deal, too, that, all right, I want to put a post-residual out, but can I also mix in something with a little extra kick uh, for for even a broader spectrum of control? You sure can. And there, there's just a lot of choices that you've got. The other thing that I think about this program, Todd, that I like, 
is compared to a dicamba or a 2,4-D involved program, you can put your volunteer corn herbicide out and you don't see a huge amount of antagonism like you do with those other products. So there are, there are not a whole lot of pluses with the conventional bean program compared to having the ability to use all those extra herbicides in the traded programs, but uh, but that is one of them. Hey, Todd, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. You did a great job, and, and thanks for being on. You bet. Have a great day. Talking conventional soybean herbicides on today's show, but we're also taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. We'll be right back. Insects have reigned since the dawn of time. Adapted to their surroundings. Experience the harshest climates and toughest challenges until now. With two modes of action, Ridgeback Insecticide delivers one devastating outcome for soybean aphids. Extinction from your fields. They may have lived through it all, but they won't survive this. End soybean aphids reign at ridgeback.corteva.us. Your farm's greatest challenge is making sure your crop has enough fertility to reach its yield goals. But how do you know if you're applying too much of any one nutrient? Fine-tune your fertility plan with Verify. Your combine collects hundreds of yield data points per acre. Verify takes that data and instantly generates variable rate fertility maps based on crop removal. So you can be confident you're not over-applying. Get started today at Verify.com. That's V-R-A-F-Y.com. The hard-working, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Waterhemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of fierce herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. You have a lot at stake when it comes to raising corn. I'm Darren Hefty. That's why on Wednesday, January 17th, we're holding a free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll help you navigate all the challenges of corn production, including how to manage exploding pest populations, resistant diseases, fertility challenges, and more. It's a day packed with information. So if you want to get the most out of your corn this season, don't miss the free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop. Register now at agphd.com. Morton Buildings has served the American farmer for more than 120 years. From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. Listening to Ag PhD Radio. 
Thanks for joining us talking conventional soybean herbicides on today's program. And you've probably been wondering, well, where's Dan Barron? Hasn't he been on there yet? Nope, he hasn't, but he is now. How you doing, Dan? Great. How are you today? Well, well, we're doing well. And, of course, Dan works with New Farm. And one of the things that we were talking about a little earlier, Dan, was, oh, hold on here. You want to kill weeds and soybeans. Uh, why didn't you start in the fall? There's some great burndown options where you can knock out perennials, biennials, winter annuals, not have to deal with all that mare's tail and everything else that's going to come in your crop. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Start in the fall, and then, then we'll work our way towards spring. Right, right. So kind of table stakes, especially if you've got uh, winter annuals. You mentioned mare's tail. That's a big one to get after in the fall. If you maybe have some patches of Canada thistle. Boy, that's the fall is the time to get after it, you know, for the folks in the maybe a little bit further southern geographies. There'd still be time, obviously, further north. We're probably past that window. But that's the first step, in, uh, especially in these no-till areas. You can really get after some of those problem weeds in the fall. All right, so for our, our listeners that say, oh, thanks, now you guys talk about that. I, I missed that mm-hmm. one. I was busy harvesting. Well, what can you do now, Dan, heading in towards spring? Yeah, so as you get into spring, uh, what I really like is to look at uh, not only just to burn down your typical you know, weed master, 2,4-D, dicamba type of things, but then you can start to think about the residuals that you may put in as an early layer, knowing that you're probably going to need some additional residuals as you get closer to planting. So even that early spring burn down time, you can start to address winter annuals and maybe string your residual program a little bit later if you want to do maybe an early post or something like that. Yeah, there's just a, there are a lot of options and a lot of things you can do. And uh, the timing is another fun one, too. If you happen to get great weather in the early spring, you can get after it. What happens, though, Dan, if we get one of those cold springs? Do we wait or do we kind of push the issue and try some extra things to make it work? In general, when it, when really on the edge, and probably the toughest thing is if you're cold. You know, really the, the glyphosates aren't going to be working very well. You want your weeds to be actively growing. So you can kind of peek ahead at maybe the, you know, the two-week uh, forecast. And a lot of times that will maybe give you an idea if, uh, if you're going to have suitable conditions for doing some of these early spring burn down or burn down residual applications. So Mother Nature does kind of dictate sometimes when you got to hold off. But uh, in most springs, there's windows in some geographies that really can cover a lot of acres. What are you seeing with the the other burn down options? I mean, obviously we're we're using a lot of 2,4-D and dicamba type products in addition to uh, Roundup or Liberty or Gramoxone or or some of these other products that are out there. Do do you find some combinations better than others? Uh, how do you how do you fix those rates when you're mixing multiple products together? Yeah, I think one of the things that that uh, we've been talking a lot here the last few years is I like the idea of not just having just 2,4-D or just ICAM. I like the combination of the two just because we know we're doing a lot of, you know, either or over the top of your soybeans. So I like having the combos of 2,4-D and dicamba together. You get a little more bang for your buck and cover a bit more spectrum in those early spring burn downs. And then, you know, we like our Panther products. Lumioxazin is a really flexible one in a lot of different cropping systems, be it corn corner beans and so that's a nice one to throw in in some of these spring applications pretty flexible regardless of uh, what kind of burn down 
treatment you're going after. Yeah, you just don't see the crop rotation windows either with something like Panther where you, you have to worry about what the next crop in the rotation is. Yeah, especially you get, you know, north where sometimes cropping intentions will change right up to, you know, the last minute. So that's a that's a bit of the consideration when it comes to maybe getting a bit more aggressive in these burn down situations. Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting uh, over the last few years just seeing as weeds get tougher and tougher to control, what are some of the strategies that are working? We're talking with Dan Barron here with New Farm, just about considering 2,4-D and dicamba in combination to, to get a little more bang out of what you're doing in that burn down, whether it's fall or very early spring. Dan, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Good luck. Thanks. You bet. I got Mike Probst with us right now with BASF. He's out in Illinois. Mike, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. In a, a cloudy and hopefully soon to be rainy day here in Illinois. We uh, we sure need it. Yeah, there's a lot of areas. Our, ours is the same way, and we we could sure use the moisture. I know a lot of the guys here that have got some winter wheat out there would would love to see some moisture and perhaps even some snow cover. I'm not rooting for the snow cover just yet, though, Mike. Let's keep the moisture in a non-scooping form liquid. I like that much better. Yeah, I think I would have to agree. I think a a nice, slow, steady rain would be probably a little more preferable. You know, if we could just dial it up when that was going to happen on the dryland acres, like using pre-emerge herbicides, we're talking about conventional soybean herbicides, and if our pre's work well, life is so much easier. We just need a, a nice inch of rain, maybe even a little bit more, so they work 100% out in fields. Uh, if, if I could dial up a rain any time, it would be after I got planted, after my pre is out there, I'd love to have a nice inch or two of rain. <laughs> yeah, that uh, in a perfect world, that's a uh, that's pretty hard to beat right there. But um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, especially when uh, when you when you're talking about conventional soybeans and those those pre herbicides are, in my opinion, even more important when you eliminate some of the the knockdown options that you have in crop. Starting out on the right foot is even more crucial because once you get some of those tougher weeds out of the ground, uh, for example, water hemp or Palmer amaranth uh, that are potentially resistant to a lot of our options in conventional soybeans, uh, you, you might be out of luck at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, if we can do a good job killing those weeds pre, then our post-emerge options, we just have a lot more flexibility uh, I was talking a little bit about uh, the dicambas and 2,4-Ds that we're using. And uh, certainly if you're in conventional soybeans, you've got to look at what your window is for spraying products like that in a burn down to try and get the most out of them. In traded soybeans, of course, wow, does that add to the, the broad spectrum of what we've got. So you say, oh, man, I'm not giving up much in conventional. Yeah, you are. <laughs> we wish we had those products like Ingenia, for example, available where we could just knock down some of these tough weeds. But when you don't have something like Ingenia in the, the toolbox, what do you turn to post-emerge? What, what's kind of a go-to recipe that works in your area? Yeah, post-emergence, uh, one thing that I, I truly try to get people – to, to drift towards is, is making sure that we're overlapping our residuals. Uh, I know that's, you know, focusing more on kind of that preventative mindset, but um, keeping those weeds from coming out of the ground is always going to be the, the lead recommendation, especially when you think about conventional soybeans. So that might mean some, some earlier passes with uh, those post-emergence residuals to make sure that your first one hasn't, hasn't run out yet. And you're not given that, uh, that, that window for those weeds to emerge, but uh, when you think about outside of kind of the water hemp weeds, 
uh, and you start to think about maybe some of the the weeds that we don't think about as much, but they're still a problem. Uh, something like uh, like our Beyond Extra. So if you're familiar with Raptor, that would be Beyond Extra now. Something that's going to be flexible across your soybean traits uh, or your platforms and stuff like that in conventional soybeans, and should have some pretty good knockdown capabilities on a lot of those uh, grass and broadleaf weeds that we face. So yeah. Yeah, the other thing, too, that really isn't a herbicide approach, but I think about this as being super important in conventional beans, is getting plant health fungicides out there, controlling insects, doing everything we can to take stress off those beans so they can just grow. And a lot of times with those plant health fungicides, I, I see slightly bigger leaves, darker green, healthier, faster growth overall. Those kinds of things help a lot when it comes to weed control, too. Yeah, absolutely. And and when we're thinking about trying to outcompete those weeds, anything, any advantage that we're giving to our crop is definitely going to give them a, a little bit of a leg up. And when we've seen some of the issues, you know, that we've seen in the past with maybe some tougher conditions and not closing our canopy as quickly and, and leaving an opportunity for for those weeds to come through, we can help prevent that with uh, something like you mentioned, like a plant health application and, and kind of feeding that factory or, or boosting that factory. That's uh, that's That's always going to be a positive. Yeah, no doubt about that. Now we're talking with Mike Probst here out in central Illinois. Well, fortunately, Mike, a lot of the acres do have traits on them, uh, but for those that don't in the conventional soybean acres, we still have some good strategies for weed control. Mike, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today. Happy to be on. Thank you. We'll talk a little more about conventional soybeans and also dive into the Ag PhD mailbag coming up right after this. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. How can Naturals products help you raise bigger and better crops? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. Biologicals, or naturals as we call them, are impacting every facet of agriculture today, and that will only grow in the future. That's why we're devoting a full day to our Ag PhD Naturals workshop, Wednesday, February 7th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. Our research team has spent years testing hundreds of Naturals products, and we want to share with you what we've learned. For more about this free event, go to agphd.com. Control the toughest weeds with overlapping residuals. Lock in the longest-lasting control for your soybean fields. A pre-emergence application of an authority brand herbicide plus a post-application of Anthem Max herbicide establishes the overlapping residual control key to safeguarding your soybean seasons. This pairing is a heavy-duty economical strategy against Palmer Amaranth, Waterhemp, Kochia, and more. Visit your FMC retailer or lockin.ag.fmc.com today. Always read and follow all label directions. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. How can you make more profit from your soybeans this year? I'm Darren Hefty. 
We'll answer that question at our free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop Thursday, February 8th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll dive deep into your best options for control of yield-robbing pests, trade options including extend flex and enlist, fertility, and much more. If you want to make raising beans more lucrative and more fun, come to the free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop. Learn more at agphd.com. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, you're getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting a crop nutrition plan that maximizes your fertilizer applications from every drop, all while accounting for your management practices and the products you're already using. But it's not just a product. It's peace of mind, knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're going to dive into the Ag PhD mailbag, taking your questions here in just a minute. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. You can always email us, radio at agphd.com. But just wanted to wrap up the conventional soybean herbicide talk just because we got uh, heading down a couple different paths there uh, with, with some of the guests that we had on. But uh, a couple things came up early and this is something that we've already started talking about for our farm we had 30 inch row soybeans last year that didn't fully canopy uh some some in some spots at all uh but other spots it just didn't canopy until late and there were some late weed escapes that we just don't want to see and you know how much brand and i want to control every weed out there in our fields we, we just want them to be perfect so narrowing up those rows that's a really good way to go to achieve crop canopy sooner Planting populations, bumping them up a little bit is also a really good way to go to close that canopy as soon as you can. Uh, then we talked about planting early. Doesn't cost any more money to plant early. Get out there early. Get that crop canopy quicker. Do everything you can to get a fast early emergence and early canopy. Then when it comes to herbicides, using fall herbicides for burn down is so wonderful for perennial and biennial control but also for winter annuals and if you can knock out so many weeds that way using a fall herbicide could be a really good way to go um, in the past it's always been something like four ounces of valor in addition to some dicamba or some 2,4-D in our area we're generally using the 2,4-D just for the from the standpoint that if we don't get any rain at all there's less likelihood of that carrying over into the next spring than there is the dicamba, but uh, it's up to you which one of those you want to mix with. Just do a nice job in the fall, and it'll make your job easier in the spring. Then in the spring, if you're going to do a burn down, you could certainly use a Gramoxone or a Liberty or a Roundup in addition to uh, whatever herbicides you want for a pre to go out there as your uh, first pass in the field. We like the three pre's where we're using one of the yellows, Metribuzin, and uh, Valor or Authority as a PPO. Then come back in post-emerge probably three to maybe four weeks later with the post-emerge residual herbicide. So generally one of the group 15s. You could mix in your other post-knockdown um, products. I would suggest utilizing Pursuit or First Rate in combination with things like Cobra or Flexstar. But you can certainly talk to your agronomist about what weeds are popping up in your area and what's going to be the best solution for those. And then hopefully after that, crop canopy. So if it doesn't work out that way, 
you have very few rescue options super late. So make sure you're scouting your fields more often than you have <laughs> and just stay with it. So you can see weeds when they're an inch or two tall, you still have a shot to knock them down with another shot of something like Cobra late in the season if need be. So anyway, post-emerge uh, conventional soybean herbicide control, never easy. If you have specific questions, you can certainly send them to us. And when you do, we'll answer them in the Ag PhD mailbag, just like this. It's the mailbag! All right, uh, first, first couple of comments here, questions that I want to get to are a little bit of a contradiction. And uh, I get to give, uh, in this case, Brian, not my brother Brian, but... Uh, but one of our listeners here, Brian, sent in these questions, and they're a little different. So first of all, he commented when we were talking about crop residue. These both came in the same day, just a few hours apart. He said, hey, I heard your crop residue talk. Crop residue is very important to hold snow over the winter. And you think about that, just like um, on our farm right now, we've got uh, a, a few fields of alfalfa. The alfalfa was standing. It had a little bit of height to it. And man, that's going to be a great snow catcher out there, which will protect the crowns. Uh, we've had really good winter survival, not to jinx ourselves for this year, but uh, it's been been really nice. Hopefully that happens again for us this year. So I do agree with Brian. Residue is important to hold some snow in the fields over the winter. But he also says, uh, hey, when you're putting fertilizer out there, you got to do some tillage to get those nutrients mixed into the soil where the roots are. What's the best way to move those nutrients, though, if you're doing no-till? Okay, uh, so if you got residue out there and you're going to be no-till, what is the best way to get the nutrients down? That is the real question, but I, I love that Brian makes the comment, man, you got to do some tillage to move those nutrients down into the soil. There are some nutrients that are pretty immobile. When you think about phosphorus, you think about zinc, you think about copper, uh, even to some degree where we're at, potassium doesn't move very well in the soil. Yeah, the best way we can get those down is injecting them into the soil somehow. So we see guys that are in no-till, um, putting something on, even if it's a two-by-two two or something like that, as deep as they can get in with a coulter as they're running through with the planter. Uh, they'll, they'll do that. Uh, so I, I definitely agree. If you're going to throw them out on top of the ground and hope that spraying something on or mixing them with nitrogen is going to get them to move down through the soil down to six or eight inches where you want them, it just I just haven't found anything that's going to do that. Cover crops, if you get great root growth on them, can move some nutrients down, but uh, that's that's a lot to ask too. So the best way is to inject them somehow. On our farm, we decided to go to strip till more so than no till on any of our highly erodible ground. That's worked really well for us. We can drop nutrients in eight or 10 inches down with a shank and then it's down there. So that's what I would suggest if you, as much as you, as deep as you can get them in with a coulter or with a two by two or whatever your options are, putting those immobile nutrients in the ground is, is the best bet. Hey, thanks for the comments, Brian. You do send a few in from time to time. We really appreciate it. Thanks for all the support. Um, got this one that came in, and and I think we covered one of these uh, similar to this at the end of last week. This one's from Tanner. He said, wondering how to get registered for your winter workshops that are coming up. Hey, Tanner, thanks for asking that. We do have free winter workshops, and I know you probably say, well, I'm listening to your show all the time on the radio. 
Yes, we go into a little more depth at our winter workshops about, hey, what is our exact plan? What are the economics of that? Uh, what are some of the programs out there that could help me save some additional money on that um, at our winter workshops? So they are free. You can tune into some of them online. Um, you can find all the details for that at agphd.com. You can find the dates and times and so forth and uh, also get pre-registered for that. Hey, thanks, Tanner. Really appreciate your interest and hope to see you in person at, at one of the meetings. If you're there, say hi. Appreciate it. Okay, got this one in with a couple of pictures. This came in from Ryan. He's in northwest Iowa. He said, I've been farming for four years here and been struggling to keep the grass from growing in from the edges of some fields. Now, it seems to be getting worse every year. The first picture below is from this past year. The The bottom one is a small cornfield, not mine, but the beans above that are mine with the gray grass on the edge. The grass grew in six to eight rows around the about half of the field. It was a fine grass, and it went through the combine without much issue, but each year it continues to grow in a little further. I sprayed glyphosate during my post-spray pass, and it did kill the smaller grass that was there, but by harvest, the grass had taken over again. I also came back with two passes of fungicide. I didn't notice that much grass at that time, uh, but the picture below was September 16th of this fall. I no-till soybeans into corn stubble, but before planting corn, I do one pass of tillage with a field cultivator. So I'm just wondering what suggestions you have. I've got a self-propelled sprayer now, so I have considered an additional pass later in the year just around the edges. I've also wondered about plowing around the edges and along terraces. I'm not sure what to do to get better at maintaining field edges. Hey, Ryan, thank you. We've, we've fought with some of those same things on our farm, and I know we have run a plow around the edge of the field or done some deep tillage around the end of the field to kind of cut things off there with that perennial root system on the grasses. That really did help. Um, using Roundup helps too, but here's the problem. If you're going with the in-crop rate of Roundup, it's not strong enough to get through that entire root system on a perennial grass. So in our experience, using a full rate of Roundup uh, is much better. So you can do that after harvest in the fall when it's still warm. It does a nice job. You could do it in the spring if it's warmed up enough to, to really get it moving through the grass. You've got to have some good regrowth on that grass to make it work, though. Um, the other thing I'd say, too, is one thing that we've incorporated into our operation is we'll plant as that small crop is beginning to come up. We're making an extra pass around the outside edges of our fields. We're spraying for bugs and we're also spraying for weeds. Oftentimes we see weeds starting to creep in from the ditch before the rest of the field is greening up. And so we'll go out and knock those weeds out. And then also about that same time, we're seeing a lot of moths and different things in the ditches that are going to be the bugs that are infesting our fields later in the year. So we'll take that time to knock some of those out too. Thanks for the question, Ryan. We really appreciate it. And good luck to you controlling those field edges. Thanks for listening to our show today. Please be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.